Hi, I'm Orla Martinez. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> and this is The Recommendation Game. So this week's film is Born on the 4th of July, directed by Oliver Stone, screenplay by Ron Kovic and Oliver Stone, starring Tom Cruise, Kyra Sedgwick, Raymond J. Barry, Jerry Devine, Frank Whaley and Willem Dafoe, briefly. Uh, music by John Williams as if you wouldn't know. Cinematography by Robert Richardson, edited by Joe Hutching and David Brenner. So the IMDb synopsis is the biography of Ron Kovic. Paralyzed in the Vietnam War, he becomes an anti-war and pro-human rights political activist after feeling betrayed by the country he fought for. That's a good synopsis, I feel. Yeah, considering that he wrote the film, it could have been even mentioned as an autobiography which is mm. one of the few films that you could say that about that's actually true i didn't even think about that actually yeah that's quite interesting because all my, the whole time i was watching this i was thinking of it as a biopic but it's not it's an autobiopic oh yeah <laughs> was that a genre Give, think of another example of that an autobiopic yeah uh sam fuller's the big red one it was the only one that comes to mind uh which... that's an interesting that's an interesting genre so this week's film was chosen by Ricardo. So it was Ric- indeed, Ricardo. obviously. <laughs> yes. So uh, Ricardo, why did you pick this film? Well, it's very simple. It's the closest film that you can get to complete the Baldwin bingo. It's <laughs> Stephen uh, Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, very William young. Baldwin and Daniel Baldwin are all in this movie. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay, well, I didn't notice the other two. And especially it's funny because uh, Stephen Baldwin and William Baldwin look exactly the same. And they for do. most of the movie... They do still, do they not? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, they both, like... I think that they made equal levels of cocaine throughout their lives <laughs> just to maintain the similar look. Just to keep that nice consistency. Well, like, uh, it wasn't exactly why I picked the movie. But um, uh, I picked the movie... Reason. Kind of to just get rid of the kind of war uh, topic because I know this not was that, uh, okay. I this have... this was the war movie that you chose. Well, like uh, I'm gonna choose war movies okay. down the road as well, but okay. I think that it's a movie you just that wanted is... to break the seal. Yeah, well, like technically, well, yeah, the, wind the wind rises, rises is yeah. also yes, but <laughs> it's kind of the pick something that so I don't have to pick a war film for a little while now. But it's the it okay. also uh, a film that I think that is vastly underrated, even though it has like a very high tomato score. Tomato, mm. Rotten Tomato T- score, tomato? yeah. Tomato, yeah. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> some the score in Rotten Tomatoes is quite high. I think it's ninety percent, mm. and it was nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars. But among cinephiles, it's not very highly rated, and I think unfairly I so. That- Oliver Stone isn't very highly rated among yeah, cinephiles. Yeah, I do, I do think that. And yeah. consider as well the, uh, the conversation that uh, you were picking something that is from his kind of hit ray, hit years for mm, Francis Ford Coppola. But that is underrated. I also picked it because it's a film that I love and I've seen it a million times. And But it's also a film that I hated the first couple of times that I saw. And I was <laughs> like... you persevered. Yes, I did. I, I got there eventually. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I also don't know what your take is gonna be, and I always find that interesting in a pick, let's say. And the other reason it's like uh, that I picked the movie is that it's very timely. I think it's a a, a film that has a lot to say about America, about America today, and that considering that it's a film made in nineteen eighty nine about the sixties and the seventies, that it's so resonant. It's quite scary. Yeah. Uh, and I picked the film for those reasons. And uh, now I throw it down to you, Orla. Uh, how do you like that segue? Uh, what did you think of Born on the 4th of July? Is it a turkey or a nice firework blowing in a crisp summer night? <laughs> in the 50s. Um, uh, okay. Well, I don't like that sound. <laughs> that sounds... Uh, uh, it was okay. Uh, okay, there are things about this film that I liked, but I find this film a slog, <laughs> like a serious slog, like once maybe from like the halfway point onwards, 
kind of around the time that he originally comes back, like after the scenes in the hospital and everything, then he comes back to Massapequa and everything. Everything kind of from there onwards, um, I found it a, compl- a serious, serious slog. Um, I'd put this quite like, this is not even close to one that's in my like viewing of um Oliver Stone I'd put this quite low down like to be honest like, like Alexander level no 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 I'm, well I'd probably I could put it I put it in the middle you know it's I I didn't think it was a bad film but like I just when he's made like Platoon is the only one of his other uh Vietnam movies that I've seen and like for my money that's a that is a better war film and also a more interesting portrayal of kind of like the the horror of war and i know that that's not r- like really what this film is about like you're right it is this film is about america like and you know the loss of the american dream and you know the realization of the the falsehood of you know the american dream and how it's sold and everything and you know but it's still he does come back with ptsd and he does come back you know um affected by the from the war obviously like there's a lot of flashbacks there's a lot of like trauma yeah so for my money platoon is a better film in a lot of ways but um uh yeah but i'll, I'll talk about what i liked about the film okay. <laughs> um although yeah <laughs> oh. just another just another point um i think it's very clear that this guy wrote the screenplay or at least had a hand in the screenplay i don't know what the 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 balance of um work was between him and oliver stone i don't know yeah. but uh obviously like it's based on his book as well but it does his book by the way is completely different to the movie oh interesting uh, like his book is more like stream of conscience kind of thing that it just jumps around there'll be more like a cord kind of like structure yeah. oh, well that would have been more interesting uh, um but at the same time i think that uh would that have worked be a completely screen? different film yeah probably uh, not like it might be that it'd be a film that you would have enjoyed more or mm. but i don't think that it'd be a film that would say what they are trying to say in this movie yeah that for good yeah, or for yeah, bad yeah. Like, no this had it's oliver stone it has a it has a point you know what i mean like there's a there's a serious have you seen w <laughs> <laughs> there's a serious stance that he's taking with this film um you know for good or for bad the things i liked about it were uh i feel find it like, interesting how like this film doesn't feel very dated oh no 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 yeah, like if you compare because like, the... i was looking at it and i was like 1989 i know like at that point like you're on the cusp of but you know the way films work that's it it's an 80s movie it was made in the 80s came out in the 80s and it, it doesn't there's certain aspects of it that are quite 80s and there's some things in i yeah one of the things that um I'm talking about the things I like. <laughs> um, oh, two things. Come on, no, it's the short list. Come on. I'm getting there. Um, let but me yeah, guess. I... Let me guess. Can I guess? No, okay. Okay, let's see. Uh, Robert Robertson cinematography, yeah. which is amazing. Like, there's yeah, no way yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's worked with Stone a few times in yeah, Scorsese as Tarantino well. a lot as well. But yeah, that was that was going to be my yeah. first. Uh, that this doesn't feel. It doesn't feel dated. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like an eighties movie and one of the things is because of the cinematography and like um like I wrote down whenever I was watching it that um the opening scene of like his childhood and everything is the kind of thing that could be so like you know, it's, it's summer, it's the fourth of July, you know, it's the fifties. It could have been so like sun dappled memory, yeah. almost dream sequence, you know what I mean? I, I could you know, like it almost, even though a lot of it, there's so many aspects of it that are, you know, this is a biopic. But at the same time, like, uh, things like that kind of brought it out of that, like, a lot of the tropes. Because even, like, the colour palette of the memories and stuff. Well, the colour palette of the whole film, I think, is quite interesting. Like, yeah. it's quite, like, it really, it really doesn't look like an 80s movie. And I found that really interesting. And, I mean, there's, there's some... Like, just, like, in the opening sequence when they're going through the 4th of July parade. Yeah, yeah. And you get, like, the cheerleader just throwing the baton. And yeah. it's, like... And it's surprising so that it was... So much slow uh, motion in uh, this. It was Robert Richardson's <laughs> uh, first time using anamorphic lenses. Really? Yeah, which is amazing. Like, how do you do that at first Jesus. go? Um, it's uh, a really interesting use, though, because, like... 
so much of it is it's very like tightly shot very like especially like the opening everything is very crowded yeah. like it changes whenever they go to Vietnam and stuff but like a lot of, especially like in the house and everything like everything within the house is exaggerated as to how small the house is yeah you know what I mean and like in every scene in the opening um you know he's always surrounded by massive groups of people like be it his family or when he's in class or whatever and um just it's really really interesting Oliver Stone got shot. into a lot of problems shooting anamorphic <laughs> because of it yeah. because he had to pay more extras to be on screen yeah because if you're shooting the whole movie anamorphic and the amount of crowds and it's a huge yeah. cast as well that he had to hire like per crowd scene and by my count there's 12 crowd scenes yeah, sounds about right. He had to pay like per shot twenty people extra <laughs> <laughs> than your average. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's just the, that's what you get for using anamorphic lenses. But the really interesting effect, like because it doesn't, a lot of this doesn't look anamorphic, and I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way. But like, like especially in a lot of those scenes where um, there are a lot of people, but because I think I think like for a lot of it they must have been doing a very long lenses because it feels more compressed than it normally would yeah in but like it, you know what I mean I don't know uh, it, like I think it's medium lenses but I don't know exactly how they did it because at the same yeah. time you don't have like a blown out background either yeah I don't know I think it's it's interesting but like to be fair to there's one shot that they it, that it's it tells you that it's an 80s movie yeah the is when they used to do split screen anamorphic yeah the you had somebody in the foreground and a scene happening in the black background yeah and you'd be shooting it twice once focusing in the foreground yeah. and once Pacing in the background and just split it so it looked like if it was one shot mm-hmm. but it's really noticeable because it's kind of blurry just in front of the face of whoever is close by oh. and then the background is kind of I in focus know. i didn't notice that yeah, so the cinematography is very interesting and I yeah. think it does a lot to bring this out of... Because like, when I was watching it and I kind of started to realise how nicely shot it was, which was kind of immediately, really, cause, um, and I realised that it was Robert Richardson as well. And he's obviously... He's done a lot of very stylized work, but I think this is quite not overly stylized necessarily. It's not distracting or anything, but if you even if you compare that to like even biopics made now and how a lot of the time they are shot in such a conventional boring way yeah even you if, know like even it's, if you compare the cinematography and the production design as well considering yeah. that this is a period piece already when it came out in the in the late 80s mm. is that if you compare it like this movie sets like most of the movie takes place in the same time as Mad Men and it doesn't yeah. fetishize the period it just feels like normal America, like the America that has been mm. and has always been. It just feels like you you could have said it like in the third. The only thing that makes you realize where you are is the cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It actually kind of made me think of um, "We Are the Best" as well, and how it's yeah. it's never kind of screaming in your face. Although the only thing that is used, and I think not used. To- to like use to good effect i think is um the kind of bookmarking of the soundtrack yeah. and like the the um the non-composed score like all the pop music basically yeah. that he uses obviously like you know oliver stone likes using pop music but um well like only got moon river in there oh uh, no there's loads of dylan loads of Bob dylan oh yeah like when they're yeah, like in the, in the you've dive got bar, you've got american yes. pie you've got oh um, yes so yeah we've got american pie and my Gerd as well and i think like I like the use of those because, like, it they're such such American kind of of the time. Well, American Pie is the most American song ever. Yeah, written. but like you know, and then I think it's interesting as well that he uses two. There's two Bob Dylan songs in there. Yeah, one My is my favorite play. thing. Um, yeah, because one is his brothers playing to times the other changing, uh, which kind of yeah. yeah actually, the, I thought it was kind of well, but that came out like that. That's something that uh, yeah. No, I was thinking that. It feels like watching it now, that song being in a film feels cliched because it's used in everything, kind of in the way that like the sound of silence is used in everything. Yeah. Um, Whereas in 1989. Bobby, we're watching, we're looking at you, Bobby. (laughs) um, But like in 1989, that would not have felt as. Yeah, as far as I can tell. Yeah, there wouldn't have been like a huge amount of movies about the 60s made in the 80s yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to be using that kind of soundtrack mm. because the, the movies about the 60s at the time would be like 
from people that grew up in the 60s. So like yeah. in the 80s is when people came to money to actually be able to yeah. like even if you think well, Scorsese was doing like Mean Streets was the first film that yeah. he used the pop soundtrack and that's what late 70s and stuff yeah and that's 50 soundtrack kind as of well the 90s when the kind of fetishization of like the 60s was properly kind of being exploited no, but even then, it's more like literally i think that it's like madman has done an awful lot for the 60s as a decade to yeah. make movies because like most movies set in the 60s are about vietnam because mm. it was like yeah we're making a vietnam movie or about the civil rights yeah there's like very few until nowadays there's like oh now we have bands and stuff as well yeah and i think as well the audiences in general if you look uh like the history of hollywood there's not that much looking back for decades until like the mid 90s early yeah. 2000s like you don't see a lot of films uh, think we're more made in the 40s now. talking about the 20s yeah it's like uh, yeah you think we're more nostalgic now going back to born to the, on the 4th of july we're gonna disagree okay. fervently <laughs> in this movie uh main one of the reasons that i picked it because most of the things that we've picked so far are things that we know we're gonna like yeah and uh, this one i was like ah, maybe she won't like it maybe she will <laughs> um but i have a couple questions okay <laughs> what did you think of the music the um, score okay. in particular i am not a john williams fan okay to begin with um i don't dislike him obviously he's done some amazing classic work but in this film it was one of the aspects that kind of took away from any of the aspects like the cinematography that alleviated it from feeling like a standard biopic like a big budget you know not blockbuster but a big you know tom cruise fronted movie all the aspects that kind of brought it above that um one of the things that kind of dragged it back down into the mire of the biopic was the music because it is one of those scores that's just like now you're sad (gasps) now you're happy wait 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 like i think i completely disagree with that really well for one Usually he uses a huge orchestra, and mm-hmm. in this he has five violins and a piano. God, like I like how you know that. And uh, secondly, yeah, but, like uh, I said, uh, there uh, the whole soundtrack is basically one theme mm-hmm. played in mirror moments. Mm-hmm. Is moments, and that's the images uh, inform how you're it supposed does, to feel, not the music, because it's the same music in all those moments does the arrangement change like is it a different recording very very slightly and there that i caught the Mm. actual differences uh the only two real big differences are in the scene when wrong gets injured Mm. Uh, the score goes a little bit longer and when the helicopter falls down it actually goes down in the mix not only on the thing, so like the sound of the helicopter and the pilots going like, pull up, pull yeah, up. Yeah, so what you're saying is like... And uh, the riot in the 72 convention, that the music there, it goes bombastic. Yeah. But the idea is that that moment is a bombastic moment. So it's kind of the... Yeah, for the rest, it's pretty much it's the a, same it's recording. Like a, it's like a riot, so it's not, you're not massively aware of what's going on there yeah. like you know you're so overtaken by the images and everything and what's happening and how people are getting their heads cracked cracked open by like <laughs> the police cops yeah. um but yeah so what you're saying is like say this this is the same piece of music that's used so in the opening when it's the fourth of july yeah. and they're all running around as whenever he's there and he you know he's trying to reload his gun yeah. and then he gets shot it's, if you listen to the theme it's basically okay. it's just turning yeah and it would have been the cheapest well not the cheapest would have been the easiest paycheck that john williams ever got because he only had to do like one piece of music for the same thing over and over again it's always easy like like knowing john williams i know that they're like every take would have been a different take just to hit the the, yeah. the marks i'd have to but re- as an orchestration it's to, not huge yeah like, i'd have to re-listen to it because and then also like i'd countered that with you can have the same piece of music and use it you know you can like like just even the way it's played yeah. it will have a different so you know what i mean so it almost is like a different 
Yeah, and if you see like in the actual use within the film, because uh, with the exception of the the pop score that you mentioned, yeah, uh, the score is used on uh, significant moments, but it's where it only appears when Ron takes action. Yeah, that's it. And the thing is that it changes in our understanding of the score because every time the Ron takes action is a different action. Yeah. So. If it's playing when he's a kid running around uh, the 4th of July, mm. you feel one way. And then when he's in Vietnam, it's another way. When he's just returns home and the music is playing and it's like a POV inside of the car mm. and that's playing, it's another one. Or when the camera pulls out after he talks to uh, the wife of the dude, the American guy that he killed by friendly fire in Vietnam. Mm. It's a different feeling, but it's always Ron takes action. The same music plays in and it's the theme Ron takes action. It's yeah. not the name of the theme, but even if you like there is like 22 tracks or some crazy shit in the CD yeah. score for uh, Born on the Fourth of July. But it is the same way as like in a way like Forrest yeah, Gump and stuff. That- that, but, like well, the that, score that, like, mostly it's yeah, like American that, Pie is in there well and that stuff. kind of a well like what you're saying is that like a lot of the time you're just using the same like the same original bed of like melody yeah. that's not that unusual for film sound no but like it's like. not only melodies that it's so similar that I know that there is some differences just in the sense of like cuts and stuff because mm. like uh, filmmakers are not editing on music that is already recorded they record the music after the editing yeah. is done but it's the the differences are so minimal that you can't really like if you were to be played that track from one moment and then the track of another moment it's not like lord of the rings that yeah, you have the yeah. fellowship theme and you mm. go like okay this is when they're here yeah like if you're playing the born okay. on the fourth of july theme it's like it could be anywhere in the movie it, yeah like, okay it's no like i i like that i i didn't notice that and i think that's an interesting idea but when the original the original mel like the original song the original melody is the way john williams writes when it feels it has that soaring element of it that it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter if they're you know thematically it's kind of interesting that they're just using the same piece of music you know what I mean in slightly different ways it doesn't really matter when it is so John Williams and so you know just has those soaring notes and you know what I mean like which is why but I don't think it has the the soaring notes I think that it could have been like I'm not saying that it comes across but like mm. uh, uh, the same level that uh, the the first few times that i watched i missed the the credits yeah so i didn't know it was john williams really and, yeah and i didn't know because it doesn't do anything that a john williams score does which is really? number one evolve which it doesn't it doesn't have the the full orchestra which it doesn't yeah it doesn't have jazz influence which it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have any... It doesn't have a melodic tune that you can uh, hold on to. It's in yeah, the sense it's not if you, massively memorable. Yeah, like, I think it is memorable because I've seen the movie <laughs> well, yeah, I think a few maybe times. That's a... But at the same time, like, even when I uh, said to somebody, uh, oh, yeah, the next episode is born on the 4th of July, mm. his reaction was... But somebody that hates Born to the Fourth of July. Who's that? Emmett. (laughs) Emmett, my man. Um, (laughs) No, it was my brother actually. Ah, Felipe, my man. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Felipe, friend of the podcast. Doesn't really hate that movie, but I like to exaggerate his opinions. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, Anyways, the um, other question, the next question. Well, let's let's polish off the, the soundtrack thing yeah sorry yeah i don't i don't think we're going to agree on that um obviously like for something what's well, any aspect of a film but you know for music it's very uh it's very subjective so what did you think about the evolution of the character of ron kovic um well that feeds back into one of my other things i did like of the film and that is the performance obviously like the character is half performance half writing and i think they're both quite strong what i like about um his arc is that when he comes back 
and obviously he's in the hospital for so long and it's fucking horrifying and even even when you're in Vietnam there's a big difference between talking about going to Vietnam and actually being there not just because of the violence but because of the way Vietnam was actually perpetrated and the disaster that it was Um, you know like that's kind of the first moment when you start to realize that this was all a lie but he doesn't have like oh this is quite a long film but he doesn't have a kind of a like snap like oh fuck america you know i was lied to it's a, quite a like it's a slow evolution like so more, like the vast majority of this film is outside like is is outside of vietnam is outside yeah. of the you know it, it's all the aftermath really like that's really the like the true story of the film but like um <laughs> so hold on see so you poised I'm not finished um, <laughs> but uh, I like that and as well like I was I wrote it down I was really glad that um, whenever he first um, meets um, uh, what's her name Donna um, yeah is it Donna is that her yeah, name it's... yeah whenever he meets Donna again is in the train station yeah um, you know he goes off with her and everything and like he kind of goes along to some of the protests and everything but he hasn't he doesn't quite you know I wrote down that I was glad that at that point, he didn't um, automatically become, you know, a protester, an anti-war. Yeah, like you know, he's you just still... in the in the riot and yeah, stuff. And he's, he's still... just like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, kind of like thing. you have a very long evolution of that. And I really, I thought, like between um, the writing and between like Tom Cruise's like really like subtle. It's not like, you know, it's not 35 shots of rum subtle, but it's... For within, a Hollywood movie, yeah, it's an unbelievable yeah, yeah. subtle performance. Just like, even, because even, even whenever he's in, uh, like, I think one of the best scenes in this is whenever he's in the hospital. Um, like, just for sheer horror, but not overplayed horror of yeah. just how, like, you know, all the and doctors are so routine and everything. But, like, even then, like, that could have, he could have really overplayed that. You know, but it's, it's you know, how he, like, I think, like, the juxtaposition between the scene in, in the um, in the hospital and then him coming back, I think that scene, whenever he comes back to the, to the neighborhood, is probably one of the best representations of what Vietnam was actually like. Yeah. Because of how he comes back and how it's, it's the complete opposite of, like, everything you've ever seen of, like, people coming back from World War Two and everyone's, like, it's celebration it's like you know it's triumph it's everything because there are such different wars like yeah. it's all on the, their faces well, like the family's a, faces the neighbor's faces it's the people not not really knowing what to say to him you know when his dad uh, welcomes him back home that his dad cries when he's talking oh, about that and that gonna... just kills me mm. every time but even in the history of uh, uh hollywood movies there's a film from 1946 uh, saying i think it's called the the happiest years of our lives about the return home of uh world war ii soldiers yeah and the guys that come back home straight after the war is finished mm. they get that welcoming one of the main characters in the movie was actually a uh world war ii veteran the had both of his hands uh oh did he come lost. back in the middle of the war no or? he came back after the war ended because he got injured like in uh okinawa or something like in 1945 okay so his time in the hospital was like when people were coming back home whole he had spent like a year on top so when he made it home it was like 1946 and nobody gave a shit yeah he has these two prosthetic limbs as well like uh, 1940s prosthetic oh, limbs and the i think that the that scene in the movie mm. is very inspired by the scene of the movie in 1946. And I think it's very on purpose for... Because it was the Best Picture nominee, mm. uh, the film that I am talking about. That is to realize that when you come back half a man, as they as Tom Cruise mentions in the yeah. movie, as Ron Kovic says, that people think when heroes come back they're like we won the war and you're still a man yeah even though you might have ptsd or whatever but like <laughs> they don't have to look What's that? at your injuries it's just hidden and that's what something why ptsd is so bad in america in particular mm. for soldiers because you're not allowed to show your injuries how why how you suffer for serving your country yeah next question mm-hmm. what's the best scene in the movie even though it's kind of obvious, I think um, whenever his friend, you know, his friend um, Timmy, yeah, whenever Timmy comes back, and uh, I kind of I love that whenever um, 
it's that kind of thing of like veterans kind of like really and this yeah. you know like really understanding each other and how like whenever he comes off stage and he's being like paraded out to be like you know oh and this guy here you know he fought and he fought for us and look what happened to him etc and then he you know he starts kind of having a panic attack whenever he's giving his speech and he, you know they're taking him off and then his friend comes over and he's just like sorry and he just he says sorry to his dad and just takes him away um, and that kind of sorry that like you knew that like he knows his dad very well yeah, from growing yeah, up there. yeah exactly just like you know I'm, I'm sorry I'm you know I'm just gonna take him basically and I like that little the the conversation that they have and they're just sitting outside and they're just drinking and you know I really like that scene um for how it's played like not necessarily what they're saying but it, the way the way it's played is quite nice because it could have been so kind of like you know I went over and I fought and you know yeah. it could have been so dramatized and it's not it's just like so much of it is just them kind of being like you know it starts off and they're just like oh you know the lads and oh what happened to this guy you know oh I remember him you know and then slowly as they you know and you feel that like they don't they can't talk to anybody else about yeah. this like no because, one else is going to understand and you know they the real kind of thing of like really sort of opening up to each other i, I like that little scene regarding the relevance of the movie what do you think like uh, as in nowadays yeah i think that like thematically it's interesting like i think it is a because like, like i said before like this film really is about america and how people and you still like you know this is not something that only you know only happened in the 60s and 70s and 80s and now like we're so beyond it and we're moving into this like you know these ideals that basically led him to you know go to vietnam and american access exceptionalism yeah like that idea is an idea that you know you could argue won trump the presidency you know like one of the factors of you know trying to you know get back to that idea but it's an idea that has never gone away realistically it's one of the ideas that modern americans believe that their country was founded on so like you can look at that and kind of see that is one of the stronger aspects of the film and there were certain moments when i was watching it and i was just like ah trump ah trump um um, so that's one of the things that i find quite interesting about the film that as a war film i don't think it works but as a kind of uh an exploration yeah as an exploration of america and just the idea of america like is and how so often that idea is used for the wrong reasons and and how it's like it's so often taken and spun to a point at which people are manipulated and you know into whether it's like you know fear basically mostly and you know like um fear of anything outside of america and fear of like you know like it's how that can be twisted to make people do things and make people believe things and for that reason i think um it's still relevant like the the other thing that is interesting in the sense of the relevancy of the movie is considering where it came out Mm. came out in 1989 in november two weeks after the Berlin Wall came down and uh, was it Gorbachev uh, apologized for the Afghanistan war from <laughs> the Russians and I can't even imagine nowadays the American government apologizing to Vietnam about the <laughs> Vietnam war and no. <clears throat> like it came out at that period mm. and it also considering like the the choice to get Tom Cruise to play Ron Colvick could not be more inspired yeah because even the cast of Platoon Mm. when they came out from the jungle in the philippines from shooting the movie Mm. and they got like oh this movie is never gonna make any money because the number one hit was top gun and it's like (laughs) that's the idea of americans have of war yeah and to think that only three years later mr top gun maverick himself Mm. is playing this character and i think that it cuts a lot of corners in the perception of how to build a character ron kovic because it is tom cruise yeah and it's before like tom cruise was a coward of an actor like sell a movie just on his his face being on the poster literally like but like more like in the sense of the actual performance is because you can buy tom cruise in that movie as the yeah. As the young uh, kind of gung ho wrestler, mm-hmm. you can buy him as the soldier. You can buy him as the veteran, mm. and which I was very surprised when the film hit me finally on the third watch. <laughs> uh, was uh, him as the activist? Like it was very smart 
from Oliver Stone to cast Tom Cruise because he cut so many corners in the sense of like the portrayal of the the actor. He didn't have to create the All American because he had the All American yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. But it also kind of like disappoints. Like watching, it's like what has Tom Cruise done with his career? I was gonna say that because it's like if you watch this and interview with a vampire and mm. taps his first like proper movie and like eyes wide shut and yeah like up to like the late nineties. Eyes he, wide he, shut, really? <laughs> I love eyes wide okay, shut and I'll okay. defend it to controversial. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a true Kubrick, and if you like, um, but the thing is that like uh, now he plays. Tom Cruise characters. He's turned into the George Clooney of his generation. <laughs> Everyone has always said, Where's George Clooney? Um, well, it's just yeah, but to, playing yeah, the same well, character. Well, to be fair, like, George Clooney has never been a great actor. Yeah, he's you know, a he's good al- George yeah, Clooney. He's always been playing himself. And there's nothing wrong with that because he's very cinematic, but that's basically why. Like, it's more except disappointing. For the Brothers because he plays idiots. Oh, uh, that's true. I think it's more disappointing for Tom Cruise because you see him there and like he's not that young in that like it's not he's not like a child like he's like young he's 24 or something yeah like now. he's you know he's he's and, and just seeing like the kind of the range that's going on in that film is oh, quite impressive like amazing. really really impressive and, and you, you look buy at that, everything yeah and like you look at that now like you, you know you buy him whenever he's in Mexico and he's like what I like actually about the, the thing in Mexico like at the start I was just like oh this is such a tangent that we really don't need um but I kind of love the whole thing of like um the prostitute and how whenever he's got like the little gift yeah. and everything like she comes down like in his face you see almost like the innocence of the earlier you know what i mean he's yeah. he's not quite because he hasn't been like with yeah. a woman and he since... hasn't been almost in the real world really yeah f- and like for so long but you thought that that was a tangent yeah you know what like this is why knocking them off it's because in my view at least uh-huh. is what he could become yeah is that like no it... i see within the context of it like why but it's I there think tangent the... is the wrong word but yeah, sorry. If, yeah. The, if it was a t- like, you might not like and think that it drags, but without it, I feel yeah. like his turn because as soon as he comes back, is when he turns into the, uh, to the uh, yeah. Well, it's, like, it's like the final strata. It's the strata that broke the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, but like the whole thing of whenever he's like out in the desert with Willem Dafoe and yeah, I don't know. It just felt like a bit of a unnecessary long sequence for what's kind of a simple enough kind of yeah but we have Will and Defoe like very oh, sexually god. eating tequila worms oh my gosh that horrible horrible close up oh that man freaks me out oh, what I love is that this is eight, 1989 and he already looks about 50 yeah like... <laughs> that man oh. never ages but no. like the problem is like he looks like he does now when he was 5 years old yeah it's frightening but that's uh, me now it's time to rumble uh, throw your hatred at me throw your anti-american communist bullshit at me come on i'm loving how much the word communist is bandied about in this <laughs> like that kind of realization of like there were no communists um i don't i don't really have much else to add i mean i've, I've kind of gone over everything that i had a major your, problem with your problem was then pacing and um yeah like pacing i think it's it's too long i think to get to as much as i i think that the evolution of the character is interesting i still think you could have done it without as many extra large sequences happening after the hospital after he comes back to massapequa um well, but, it could be the what you said but about I, I wouldn't Ron say, Kovic being heavily involved in the screenplay. Yeah, that like it's, I, I, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like that's um, not meld uh, like reality into fiction. Let's just like hit the points kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So not not necessarily. I don't think pacing is like quite the right word. But um, yeah, like soundtrack and also just it's kind of a representation of war were kind of my main problems with it like the the war scene is interesting in a way like uh mainly because i kind of agree in the sense of the representation of war mm. because for my entire life i thought that because it looks exactly like the mexico setting <laughs> and it turns out that they actually went to the philippines to, really? to shoot it and i'm like why did you shoot it that way like it looks like mexico uh, yeah it doesn't I- look like vietnam and like philippines has exactly the same like 
platoon was shot in the Philippines yeah. as well. Uh, but um, the other thing of the, the, the war representation that I actually liked is that, that after he gets injured, mm. like you would think, especially with like the bravery of Ron Kovic in the sense of the his, like since he wrote the screenplay and stuff, that he for one makes a mistake when he gets shot on his foot. Yeah. He got shot on his foot because he died. He made the rookiest mistake ever, which is when you die for cover, raising your feet. Yeah. So he got shot on his ankle there. Mm. And then when he's trying to reload, he doesn't put the safety on and keeps firing the machine gun. Yeah. And I really like that detail. Like, and it's, I can't well, he imagine. Even, he says it later on that, like, whenever he's talking to um, Timmy, yeah. Timmy, that, like, you know. It was my own fault. Like, you know, I can't remember exactly how he phrases it, but I guess kind of like his realization that like... Well, like the way that he phrases it is that he says, I could have stayed down after I got shot. Yeah, but I wanted to be the hero. Yeah. yeah. And then as well, like interestingly, he lies to Timmy about what he does. He goes and ah. says that he gets up and he was like, oh, I was like, we were in the woods just going... And he yeah. makes the sound of guns and stuff. And even though, like, he does just get up and start shooting off, like, he doesn't go all, all Rambo the way that they used to do in the woods. <laughs> yeah. What this film does to me, and I think that it's, like, uh, in a way, it can't really, like, shoot down your your ideas. Mm. Because the movie itself, and I think that the reason I didn't like the movie the first time that I saw it, is that it could be taken as a collection of scenes trying to make a whole. Yeah. But is that for me, is that it feels incredibly emotional throughout the movie. And that carries you through. And that carried me through in the sense is that like uh, Tom Cruise's performance is so brilliant that especially when you know where you're going, mm. you start looking at the subtleties. Yeah. Because you're not wondering like who this guy is because you already know the guy. Mm. I think that this movie, as you said as well, of the biopic. Yeah. Is that it is one of the first major Hollywood biopics since the first run from like uh, World yeah, War II. Yeah, I, I wondered kind of about that. I was trying to like rem- kind of think back as to other examples from kind of like the eighties and couldn't really think. And of I any. think that as well, like the format of this movie is very interesting in the sense of yeah. like having the the uh, something that has been stolen even through fiction. Yeah, and I think that it's one of the cases that it's like what came before the chicken or the egg mm. is that i saw this before i seen a lot of movies because i watched it like when i was fairly young I was, uh, it might have been like 13 or something yeah so i felt fresh in the sense of the but if you watch the former like forrest gump is the same movie oh god yeah if you watch the far like walk the line is the same movie yeah like if you watch the like every single biopic since like it's for good or for bad the movie that invented the modern biopic yeah because before that biopics were like just looked at why somebody was famous yeah and this Not was the, the first one story. why somebody got to the point to be like if it was yeah. made the uh, 10 years before let's say in the 70s it would have been about his like if you see coming coming home which mm. is a fairly similar story like people come back from vietnam broken and stuff they're just back you don't know the before or after yeah it's just about the middle why you should care mm. And I think that, like, it does seem like cliche, but I think that it could have been what made the cliche because it was so successful. Like, the movie was made for $14 million at the yeah. time, which is nothing. Like mm. uh, that, did, that did occur to me, actually, whenever I was watching it, like, in the context of biopics. And I wonder now, is it because the biopic is such a and like you know every year we have another one yeah and then and you have the, the big, million you know, tlc and whatever uh, yeah the fuck. you know what i mean like if in a way um i find this kind like slightly tedious despite how it uh, kind of um <laughs> reinvents a genre that it invented yeah. <laughs> um you know like looking at it retrospectively you know maybe part of that was just kind of like being just lethargic when it comes to biopics because it has been done to death and they're so like you know that's why whenever something like love and mercy comes out and you're like oh my god because this is they've done something different and like managed to execute it and it's still to be true to the person and the idea that they're trying to you know so i wonder if it if that has kind of 
retrospectively kind of i think so because if you like if you read the reviews of like the contemporary reviews of uh, born on the fourth of july mm. everybody's like just like oh this is amazing or whatever and the the few people that complain about it it's quite unfair and you kind of sense that they would have been vietnam war supporters but if you see like a movie like that made today mm. even a great movie like love and mercy yeah. The biopic, the first line of almost every review is like, it does not feel like a TV movie. <laughs> so it's that like you're comparing the every bar. biopic to that, yeah. not to Born on the 4th of July. Like I think the audiences when Born on the 4th of the July came out would have been sad. kind of, would have felt fresh. Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. There's a lot of aspects of this older than the 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 biopic and nature of it that are, are fresh like definitely yeah. the way it's shot like you know there's so much of it that's um oh yeah, it hasn't aged a bit like okay well what was your favorite part of the movie if you could pick just one if i could pick just one it'd be how it makes me think about my own masculinity mm-hmm. and the way that that's something it's, that we didn't even get a chance to touch yeah, on actually. so much to talk yeah. about in this movie uh, but just to hit it briefly is the the sense of how society until you get to about like adult age mm. you try to behave like especially as a man like we were talking about uh womanhood mm-hmm. last week is that like in a way we both have some uh, things that society try to press upon you yeah and uh, the guy's like be the hero or support your family you which are both stupid kind of yeah uh, be a man but it's that until you're like because people are going to vietnam or whatever like he's coming out straight from prom and goes to yeah vietnam 17 he just got like the lies from everybody because you you believe until you have critical critical thought and that only age can give you mm. that that it is and it makes you think that not, even at this age of like reanalyzing how I should behave and what lies societies have lied in front, like have stretched in front of me that I have to reassess and not just walk around because of the... And how hard it is to change something that you've been conditioned into since birth. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I did like the, uh, also on a side note, the the mother is an absolute insane person. Well, I love her kind of transition from like at the start being like, I think it's great that you're going. I think it's great that you're going to Vietnam. Go and have a great time in Vietnam. And then whenever he comes back and how she's just like, she just can't deal with it. Like, you know, never, I suppose like buying into the lie of like, you know, oh, they're only going to be there for like a month. The war is barely going to They'll be back for Christmas. You know what I mean? Not dissimilar to the Iraq war, you know, like and how everyone thought it was going to be over. And and, How did that turn out? Hmm, yeah. COVID, uh, protest Short against memories. the Vietnam Wars, uh, the Afghanistan War and the oh, Iraqi War. So Good man. old Ron with his <laughs> moustache. <laughs> what was your favorite mo- moment in the movie be- besides Tom Cruise's tash? <laughs> um, I think his performance. I think that um, without his... Because he has such a strong point throughout the entire film. Like He doesn't waver really in whatever performance, like whatever the scene is requiring of him like he doesn't waver he's a very like and that's the kind of thing that actors like tom Cruise not anymore really he's just you know we've talked about that but like back then that like he could really hold a movie so even whenever yeah. it's not working in certain ways he holds it the whole way through like um and i think as well like his performance sits the film as well it doesn't feel like he's at like you know he's just there acting and the, this flat it's not a Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio performance yeah and like the film is just flat around him like he, he's bouncing off what's going on in every scene yeah and worst part of the movie uh, short uh, like briefly <laughs> um, <laughs> very rich coming from me <laughs> yes um, least favorite thing um, I actually really disliked the scene of uh, whenever he comes back drunk and goes completely Peter's yeah and, and just goes co- I, I think because the length of it yeah it's too long it just keeps on going and it's like hammering its point home and yeah at, at that point was when I started to really check out I was like you know this film is really testing check out me now. that bad <laughs> 
Um, well, like it, I think that it's intentionally long to make it yeah. uncomfortable kind of thing. In the sense is that it's like one of the few moments in the movie that it takes uh, the point of view of the mom who starts imagining the people uh, walking out of the their houses and stuff. Yeah, and it's just like how it looks, yeah. not how it feels. And I think that it's meant to stretch out that long, but I think that it does stretch out a little bit it's too just, long. It's just too long. Like, like it, yeah, but, it's made its point already. But yeah, that, that, yeah, that. So for me, that was kind of like the turning point. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> my least favorite thing in the movie is um the middle part of the movie. It's kind of like uh, it's weak as bit, and I think that it it doesn't like not not the mexico part per se mm. but the 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 whole middle bit is like there's because it jumps around his life yeah there are scenes that i wanted to see instead of having like scenes run that long and not that it could be like a budgetary issue or something but mm. i would have liked we'll more know. of the day to day because it goes to such an extent to portray how his life is yeah uh, in the hospital and stuff like that and then it forgets that other he's bits a fall down kind of thing. Yeah, 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 that it'd be yeah. like until he falls down out of his wheelchair we're willing to fall like you like a kind of like he is in a wheelchair but you forget that he can't get up yeah like and that he can't get up <laughs> it's <laughs> like the and even like the in the sense of the sexuality i think that it could be a product of its time but i think that it was such a major part Mm. of the change because he went straight from high school to vietnam and then lost yeah so like he doesn't have a normal perception of sexuality yeah to fall back on and then how to create a new sexuality and it's not surprising that he did like ron Kovic dated uh a artist for a long time but he's never married and yeah Never like, and that was fairly late in his life. I think it was like just before they started making this movie that he started dating her for a few years. Yeah. So like, I think the uh, going back to the masculinity of the movie. Mm. The by the same time, it's uh, like it's not exactly something I want Oliver Stone to be dealing with. No, no, um, <laughs> he's not a subtle man. But um, yes, uh, that's um, my like. I'm pretty much like worn out. You don't okay. Like uh, and <laughs> I don't think I've been as defeated as I felt after the wind rises, but <laughs> really, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> that's what we have this podcast for. <laughs> Alright. Um. <laughs> next week's film is Orla's Pick, uh, which is. Uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Which is a film. And, uh, Iranian film. Well, it's said in. <laughs> filming in, in LA, it's, I think. Yeah, well, it's shot in California. I don't know if it's LA, but yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it because mm, I haven't first seen it. Black and white film. Oh yeah, shit! Mm. I I didn't bring like pop that cherry. I wanted it to be the one. <laughs> if you want to tweet us, you can find us at the Rec Game on Facebook, the Recommendation Game. You can always email us to uh, the Recommendation Game at gmail dot com. For this very long episode, <laughs> I was Ricardo Deacon, and mainly the reason that this episode is this long. <laughs> I'm Warren McNeilis. And thank you for listening. <laughs>